Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Michael Morrison, Manager of Program Development from the American Concrete Institute, which you may know as ACI. Mike, thanks for coming to the podcast. Yeah, Brian, glad to be here. Appreciate this opportunity. And now for listeners who don't know what Amer the American Concrete Institute or ACI is, can you give us a short explanation about what ACI is? ACI has been around for about 115 years and our headquarters is in uh, suburban Detroit, Michigan in Farmington Hills. We also have a regional office in, in Dubai, uh, UAE. And uh, now what well, we're going to be talking about these resource centers in the United States, but we're the leading authority and resource worldwide for the development, dissemination and adoption of our consensus based standards, codes, practices, guides, uh, et cetera. We also have educational and training programs and of course certification programs, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. And our, our proven expertise for individuals and organizations involved in concrete design, construction, and materials. And we all share a commitment to pursuing the best use of concrete. Okay, you know? so the best use of concrete, when you're talking about that, that now ACI is not a concrete producers association, though, is it? No, it is not. We're an institute. Like I said, we um, develop the code standards practices and guides that are used by the industry worldwide. Our ACI 318 building code for structural concrete is, you know, used on an international basis and uh, it's the guideline for building structural concrete. I see you and a few other ACI staff members at different activities, you know, in, in ASTM, for example, there's some crossover between the standards in ASTM that describe how you perform the tests and ACI 318, where you're actually uh, building right. something. And, and I guess, is there some inspection components in there as well in 318? Sure. And in 301 too, which is another one. But yeah, there is uh, requirements for inspectors, requirements for actually the, the people that are testing the concrete on site, uh, requirements for certification of special inspectors as well. Uh, which, you know, ACI has a number of those programs to to meet those those uh, requirements. The ACI is more than just the, you know, codes and standards that everybody's familiar with, or we have an education professional development department. Um, we have an engineering department. Uh, we have a certification department. So, I mean, we're, it's a, it's a very uh, strong group of people that are helping support the concrete industry. Yeah, now one of the things I've always found interesting about the interplay between those two organizations, ASTM and ACI, is that it seems to be really collaborative. How do you how, how are you able to keep that kind of relationship going where there's no disruptions or just you know fighting about who owns which standards or or sure. what the purpose of them are? Sure. I mean, I mean, a lot of our members are are members of both ACI and ASTM, myself included. I've been very active in ASTM. I my whole career before I joined ACI. You know, ASTM pretty much writes test methods. There are specifications in there too, and ACI writes codes, guides, and practices. And there's a there's an agreement there that, you know, that we're not gonna develop test methods. And if we do, we would 
work with ASTM on that. I don't know the exact details of the agreement, but there is agreement in place. A lot of our members are very active in both societies, and you'll see the same people at ASTM meetings. You'll see them at our ACI conventions as well. So it's uh, quite interesting, uh, the, the, size, the amount of people. It's not a small group that is very active and helping shape the requirements of our industry, both at ACI and at ASTM. Yeah, and those are the ACI standards, those aren't just developed by staff. Those those no. are members just like ASTM, correct? Yes, sir. It's a consensus basis as well. There's a committee and there's a balloting process, very similar to ASTM. Consensus has to be met and it's a very thorough process so that when it is approved, it's a, a well-vetted product that's uh, out there for the industry to use. Now, you mentioned that you guys have two kind of headquarters, you have the main headquarters and then you have the office in Dubai. How does that work having an international presence? And do you have other countries that are also actively engaged in the ACI activities? Do they go by American Concrete Institute? Is that well received elsewhere? Yeah, we do have an office in in Dubai that opened up, I think, about two years ago. It's just a a one-man office right now. Uh, servicing that region of the world. We have a very active member base in in that part of the world, chapters as well as sponsoring groups, doing ACI certification programs, hosting technical seminars. We've had a number of events at our our office in, in Dubai. And yeah, ACI is an international company. I mean, we have almost 100 chapters worldwide and we have over 105 sponsoring groups. Sponsoring group is a, a group that does ACS, offers ACI certification in the region, but, not, but might not be uh, an ACI chapter, perhaps maybe a ready mix concrete association or a government agency, perhaps in the Middle East that wants to have a certification program established in their region and they have to meet certain criteria. So, yeah, we do have a, a, a large footprint uh, worldwide, also in uh, Southeast Asia as well and in India and you know, and we just started off a certification program using EN standards and are offering that program currently in the UK and Ireland. And it's actually being a couple of sessions have been done, I believe, in in uh, parts of Europe as well now. So we're, we're pretty much all over the world. And then these resource centers will give us other parts of the United States instead of just at our headquarters in Detroit. Wow, that, that must be really hard to coordinate the implementation of some of those programs, particularly the certification. How do you make sure that that product for certification is the same or administrated the way ACI intends all over the world? So if you were going to start offering a new program, we work with you and we go over all the requirements besides the program policy. We help you with delivery. We tell you we can offer you some tools to help you with the delivery of the product if you're going to do a review session. And, you know, there's a pretty much mandate what has to be done with regards to execution of it. In some instances, we may we will go there and do a pilot program with that new chapter or that new sponsoring group. Or perhaps they'll come to the United States and we'll set up for them to go with us to visit uh, maybe our sponsoring group in Florida or maybe one in New York, wherever it might be. And we work with them. And that's one of the benefits that these resource centers are going to provide us is now we're going to have centers that we're going to actually be able to bring our international partners into and say, this is exactly how it has to be set up and this is what you have to do to execute the program. And then in the future, what we'll do is go out and audit the program. We'll go out and watch them actually execute a a session to make sure they're meeting all the requirements. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next is about auditing. 
if you ever went to one of them and audited it and you found out that they were implementing their own strategies and weren't really following, what do you do? Uh, we haven't had any issues with that at all. They're very ACI is uh, very highly regarded and well respected actually worldwide. Uh, and everybody is very keen on following the rules because that ACI certification is held in such high regard. They want to be able to offer that and bring that into their community because they're using our codes and standards. So really haven't had any issues with uh, somebody manipulating a program or changing it to that effect. Uh, it's more like more like just execution of things. If something comes up like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do it this way. You have to do it this way, you know. So haven't really had any issues with that at all. Everybody is very, very um, concerned about doing it the right way and, and meeting all the criteria so that they can continue to offer it. That's great to hear because I know just among the United States uh, with AASHTO standards, there's still the, the different states participate in AASHTO standards development, but then they also develop their own standards and they kind of have their own way of doing things. I would imagine that same kind of challenge would exist abroad and maybe even be harder to get a handle on. So I'm, I'm impressed that you guys have been able to do so well with getting buy-in. What do you think, like, how do you think that developed that way that ACI was able to take their reputation in the United States and make it go worldwide and get buy-in from so many different entities? I, I truly believe it's because these members that are located all over the world come to convention. They come to our, we have two annual uh, concrete conventions, one in the spring and one in the fall every year, and it's internationally attended. And there's over 2,000 people at, these, at this four-day event, and they get to interact with people. They come and attend the certification committee meetings as well, and we have an international certification committee. And, and then they're like, well, we're interested in this. We want to bring this to our our city to our community and in our country well what do we have to do what's involved in that and, it, and and it's it's a pretty large effort to get something started but once they get started and they get some other support they go back home and they say hey i was at the aci convention in atlanta and this is what happened and uh, they get an excited group back home in their concrete community that want to do it and that takes it forward so it's, it's really interesting how participation at the convention is really kind of key to, to that, you know. One of the reasons that I, I, was, I wanted to talk to you today was about ACI certifications. You know, you're the manager of program development, and I understand you're involved in a pretty massive endeavor right now as far as program development is concerned. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? ACI is opening uh, three resource centers in the United States. Uh, at the fall 2019 uh, convention in Cincinnati, uh, our board of directors approved the development and implementation of these three centers uh, that are going to be strategically located across the United States. And these resource centers are going to provide access to all of our programs. You know, we have 30 programs now. We actually had, I've added about 12 programs over the last decade. And so uh, with 30 programs available, uh, none of our sponsoring groups or our chapters are able to offer all 30, nor, nor are they expected to. Um, so this will make uh, bring all of our programs available five days a week, 52 weeks a year to our, our customer base and, and to the, uh, you know, just to the concrete industry in, in general. And these three regions that we selected were southern, Southwest, Midwest, and Northeast. So Southern California, Chicago, and then there's our last one will be in the New York, New Jersey area. 
We did it based on you know, basically population as well. You know, it's kind of interesting, Brian, about uh, over half the population in the United States lives in nine states in the United States. Mm. Setting up these resource centers in uh, basically Los Angeles, Chicago, and let's say the greater New York area will provide resources to over almost 200 million people in our population will be within a day's drive or a short airline flight to one of these resource centers to get, you know, you, you know, sometimes you're in a, you're a bit in a pinch, you're on a big project, maybe it's an Army Corps project or whatever, and they're like, hey, you have to have this certain certification and local chapter doesn't offer it, or they just did it two weeks ago and the next one's not for three months. Well, if you absolutely positively have to have it, you can contact us at a resource center and we'll work with you to get you in there so you can uh, at least come and take the exams and see if you, uh, you know, have the skill set and the knowledge to pass that and get that and earn that certification. And I think that Midwest one is going to be a hot spot for people to visit because, um, I mean, the Midwest, especially once you get into the Western states, is like a certification desert at times. Yeah. Where people just like, I'm talking about the Dakotas and yep. some of those places, they're like, yeah, we'd love to get certified, but our chapter doesn't offer this or that. And so I think you'll probably be seeing people coming in on on flights, you know, direct flights into O'Hare uh, to get just to get certifications. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're very excited about it because it's not just about certification. These facilities are about education, training and certification. So I'm very excited about it. We are very excited about it as well. And I just think it's going to help the industry. It's going to help our chapters as well. Sponsoring groups, if they get a call and instead of trying to offer, you know, somebody calls for a program they don't offer, they're like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Or, or they might try and help them and look for a, a, a location for that person to go. Now it makes it a lot easier because they could say, well, here, just call the resource center in, in whatever city and see if they can help you. So, yeah, I agree. There's a real need for this. And I, I was when I when you told me about this, I was really excited to hear about it because we run into situations all the time when people just can't get the certifications they need and to have an on demand uh, or relatively on demand resource like this. It's going to solve a lot of problems for people. Just having an opportunity to get training when you need it on the work, you know, by experts like ACI is going to be so valuable uh, and should help with having quality work done in the concrete industry and in the construction materials industry. So I, I really applaud ACI for taking on this big challenge. And, and I have no doubt you're going to deliver effectively. Now, when you open this center, I'm, I'm presuming that the staffing is going to be ACI staff members rather than uh, volunteers from the local industry is that correct that's correct so each one of these centers uh, will be uh, set up to offer all 30 programs with including a full complement of a fully uh, stocked laboratory to do all the tests associated with all of our different programs we have a resource center manager at each location so there'll just be one aci employee there and for these scheduled programs we're going to be limiting it to five people so we're not out here to compete with our chapters at all our chapters are still going to do the concrete field tech with 30, 40, 50 people. They'll, they'll do the strength tech. And some of our chapters are very well organized and, and, and offer maybe 10 of our programs. And they do a great job. And we appreciate that. And we respect them for what they're, they're doing and bringing to the industry. But like I said before, some just offer field tech and that's it. You know, so 
this will help us get that done, but we're going to do it on a small basis. And uh, we'll, our, our programs that don't have a, a performance aspect to it or a, a practical exam, uh, we'll be able to do larger groups. So of our inspector programs, we'll be able to do a, a review session, maybe go through everything for a day, and then the next day offer the exam because it's just a uh, written exam, maybe it's open book, it's closed book, three-hour exam. But our tradesmen or our technician-based uh, programs, you know, they'll have to go in the laboratory, so we're going to limit that to five. If there's a huge demand, let's say, for example, one of our new programs is our non-destructive testing specialist one for uh, evaluating in-place concrete strength. Let's say there's a big demand for that, and all of a sudden we have 20 people that want it. We'll, we'll figure out a way to accommodate that. I'll probably come out and help or uh, somebody else from ACI headquarters. But each one of these offices uh, or resource centers will be staffed by one manager. Uh, you actually might know the manager we hired for our Southern California office. She's a past CCRL uh, inspector, Sarah Maori. Um, oh, okay. We're, we're really excited to have Sarah on board. Right. Uh, she moved out here to Southern California and actually we connected with her. And so she's going to be the manager out here and she's got a lot of knowledge relative to uh, all the laboratory side of things. And they actually had well, six or eight of ACI certifications as well. So she's going to run our center out here with myself. And then the other gentleman uh, that's joined our team is uh, uh, Rusty Owings. Uh, he's uh, comes to us from the uh, Kansas City area. Rusty's got over 20 years of experience and he's a past president with the uh, ACI chapter out there and very involved with their certification program as well. And prior to working at ACI, he worked for, uh, was a quality control manager for Geiger Ready Mix Company. He also holds numerous certifications from ACI, NRMCA and other state departments of transportation and, um, you know, has extensive uh, knowledge in concrete and concrete mix design, concrete durability. So he'll help us out too as well with besides all the certification, also with the education uh, component that we want to offer too and training, both of them. So he'll be running our Chicago facility and that one will probably open later in the year. Uh, we're getting we're getting close to starting to build that one out there. It'll be right near O'Hare Airport. And then the other one, in the, in the East Coast will be in sometime in 2022. We don't have anything set up with that one yet. Now, as in addition to training and certification, are you going, is there going to be training for the, um, uh, the administrators of the programs in the, uh, you know, abroad that can take place at these centers as well? Yes, exactly right. These resource centers are just, they're so multifaceted for ACI. Because of that, there's, that's why there's so much excitement. So let's just take a step back. When we develop a new program at ACI uh, for certification, and let's use the non-destructive testing one for an example, when we get it done, it's a very long process. And maybe, maybe I'll come back and talk to you about that another time, how we develop programs, because it's quite, a, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with the process and it's extremely well vetted. But one of our requirements is to do a pilot program. So in the past, I had to find somebody to host it. And, you know, that's a little bit of an imposition. Um, you're coming into somebody else's space. They're trying to do their primary thing that's, you know, paying their bills. And now we're coming in with maybe 20 people. We need a room. We need equipment. Maybe we're renting equipment. We might need concrete provided. We might need slabs made. You know, it's, a, it's quite, of an, quite an imposition, like I said. So we're going to be able to do our pilot programs at our resource centers. We're going to be able to train new people that are helping the sponsoring groups in the chapters in the U.S. and worldwide, uh, they'll be able to come here and attend a training session on how to be an examiner, how to be a supplemental examiner, and how to deliver one or two programs. We also do for our chapters, 
we have chapter roundtables twice a year, um, and that's for chapter officers. So we're going to utilize these three facilities for those as well. Uh, those generally were held once a year at convention, and then regions they would move the regions around. They'd do it at a hotel. And then in our certification department, um, we have certification summit. It's a one-day uh, summit that we have the primary and secondary contacts from the sponsoring groups come to this summit and we go over a lot of things that are maybe changes administratively, what new programs are coming out, uh, what things are changing with uh, ADA or, or whatever, or any new programs that we have to support the, the veterans or whatever. So it's just a one day seminar, if you will, we call it a summit. So we're gonna actually host those here as well. So yeah, these, these resource centers are just gonna be such a, a value added thing for ACI and all of our members. Yeah. Now you mentioned some of the chapters. When when the chapters, one one of the issues and and probably why uh, these resource centers are going to be so valuable, or is some of the chapters don't really offer uh, much in the way of certifications other than the core. You know, your concrete field, concrete strength, aggregate, uh, a couple other ones. But then there's a need for the soil. There's a need for the masonry. There's a need for a couple other ones. How do you encourage those chapters? to offer more certifications? When a new program comes out, um, we have a program information sheet about that program that's focused on what the chapter needs to know to make a decision to take it on. Uh, any kind of investment that they might have to make because of equipment or investment in specimens, uh, about how many uh, volunteers might be needed to support this program, and then also tips on execution of the program to help with efficiencies. So we try to give them as much information as possible to take it on. If if a program is specified or required, that makes a big difference. Then there's interest in it. If it's not, sometimes it can just sit there a little bit until we get uh, all of a sudden somebody's calling up and saying they need it. Um, so it's it's a tough call. Our chapters are volunteers and they have a lot of other re re uh, responsibilities. And if you talk to anybody and that works in any kind of a volunteer based uh, uh, association or institute, you know, it's a challenge. We're all competing for our volunteers and our members. And so if you can't find a new champion, if you will, at that sponsoring group level, sometimes the program won't get picked up. Um, so this helps with that, too. Now being able to say, hey, well, if you want to send somebody here, we can show you exactly how to do it. And uh, it's it's a little bit of a challenge, though, as as you well know. We, you know, you and I talked a couple months ago about the the need for some of the masonry programs in some regions because uh, it's being become part of the inspection, uh, of right? The for CCRL inspection. So um, we make our chapters aware of that. We send out information to them and say, hey, this is required. It's uh, required by ASTM C1093 now. It's required in C uh, TMS 402. Uh, so we make them aware of everything and, and then we continue to work with them to help them get it going. Okay, now those chapters, I, I want to understand this. It, it's not just volunteers, right? Like it is, it, isn't it kind of like a franchise where they have, uh, you know, they have operating costs, they have, uh, you know, they have to kind of evaluate what the the market would bring if they offered a service to provide it. I, I've heard some talk about that among uh, participants, but I, I don't really have a clear understanding of it. Can you clarify that for me? Sure. No, it's not a franchise. If you're an ACI chapter, you can also offer ACI certification. If you so choose to not offer ACI certification because you say, you know what, none of us have the time for this, so we're not interested, 
then ACI might reach out to the local uh, uh, Ready Mix Concrete Association because uh, they're obviously going to have an interest in supporting it. Um, I will say as, as somebody who is extremely involved with the Illinois chapter for over 25 years and I, I held every position there, including running the certification program for about eight years, um, the certification program helps give some financial health or strength to the chapters. And it's a professional society, you know, you pay a small membership fee, but it gives you the opportunity to inter interact with people from your community. It's a networking opportunity. They generally have maybe a monthly meeting or a quarterly meeting and they bring in speakers. It might be about a big project in your area or it might be a hot topic from across the country. But they charge you a fee to go to those meetings, but they generally are covering the cost of that meeting when they do that. So certification gives them the, the funding to do perhaps community service efforts. We do two big projects a year. We gave out two scholarships. A lot of our chapters give out scholarships. So that's what it does. So, But it's not really a franchise. It's more tied directly to the chapters or, like I said, if you're a sponsoring group, you've met the requirements that ACI has and you worked with ACI to take this on. And we don't mandate what programs you have to do. Obviously, our, our flagship program is the concrete field testing technician, you know, over over 375,000 people have gotten that certification in the last, whatever, 35 years, but they decide what they want to take on uh, based on local needs. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how it works. And some chapters are still truly on a volunteer basis. When I started in the industry, it was all volunteer. In fact, sometimes I would take a vacation day off to go help as a supplemental examiner just because I was supportive of the local ACI chapter, you know? I mean. I always say if you're really active with the local ACI chapter or even ACI national, then you're, you're passionate about concrete. <laughs> right. So, but some of the chapters uh, do offer their uh, supplemental examiners a stipend. It's not a salary. Um, it's mm -hmm. a stipend. It's like, hey, thanks a lot. We really appreciate, I appreciate you helping us out today. Here's a gift card for Home Depot or something. But they're trying to keep a core group of qualified supplemental examiners helping them do that. So yeah, it's not 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 really run as a, a business on its own, if you will. Yeah, that that's good to know because that that makes a lot more sense than than what I was thinking. So I'm glad I'm glad to get that clarification. And sure. and I, I, the whole thing with the members, uh, the volunteering that's necessary to keep things going is so critical. So many critical elements of the industry, just the construction materials industry in general is reliant on volunteers, mm -hmm. uh, experts that provide their knowledge and their effort to make things work the right way. And it's so, it's something that I always think about now, you know, now that I've been in this industry for so many years, it's a lot more obvious to me that we need to encourage more people to participate. So I know anytime we run into situations where people, especially if somebody doesn't like the, the current situation, uh, we always encourage them to participate, get involved. Uh, you know, like you talked about C1093 now requiring masonry certifications. If somebody doesn't like the way that's defined, you have to join ASTM. You have to participate in the ballots. You have to get involved. And I imagine you probably run into the same issues with ACI 318 and some of the other standards where, you know, you just need people to be involved if they don't, you know, if they see something that's not what it should be. Exactly what you just said is what leads to the development of new programs. It's people out there in the industry and they're seeing a deficiency or they're seeing an issue with something and then they come back to ACI 
and they go, hey, there, there's a problem here. We need to qualify these people to make sure they're doing this right. Because um, this is, uh, in some instances, could be a life safety issue. That's how the process starts. So these, all these certification programs, it's not, you know, Mike Morrison and John Hazel and other people at ACI in the basement of ACI going, oh, what's the next program we're going to do? No, it's the industry. And sometimes it's not even a committee that brings it to us. So the masonry programs, TMS approached us on that and NCMA. They said, hey, we need to get this going. We need to get certified people out there. We're having good materials are on project, but people aren't testing it right. And so it's an issue. So they came to us and that started that whole process. Yeah, those are usually the best programs kind of develop organically out of a need. And, and it's great. Like you guys have done such a great service to the industry in general for, for so many years and continue to do so and continue to seek out new opportunities to help provide extra services. So I, I can't say enough about how much everybody appreciates what you guys are doing. Let's uh, let's shift a little bit here and talk about some of the changes that you've had to make and all of us have had to make due to COVID. How has that affected the way ACI delivers its certification programs? For a number of months, everybody was shut down, as, as you well know, and uh, then everybody started taking small steps. We developed a protocol that we follow out here at our resource centers. We had a soft opening to the resource center here in Southern California in the fall, and then we were shut down in November because of the escalation of the pandemic, and we're still closed. We're, we'll be opening in spring of 2021 here very soon. But we have protocols in, in place and we shared that with all the sponsoring groups and said, hey, this is what we're doing at our resource center. This is how we're handling things. We said we're limiting it to small groups of five. A lot of our chapters were doing small sponsor groups were doing small groups. It was also mandated by their each individual state. And so they were washing all the equipment, social distancing for exams, setting appointments instead, where in the past, you know, you could do a concrete field tech or a strength testing tech for 15 people. You just had them all in a room. Now they set appointments or they offer the written exam in a, in a larger facility, maybe at a hotel and spread it out. And then they'd come the next day with appointments to do the practical part. So uh, they've been very um, creative in how they're doing it and very uh, conscientious in maintaining everybody's safety. Yet also recognize like, hey, we still have to have certified people on these projects. So yeah, we we really, really appreciate the effort that's been put forth by all of our sponsoring groups and chapters to try and still service this important part of the industry. And we're very anxious to get going and doing it out here too at the resource center. Yeah, now what reasons might there be to not just be able to offer this all virtually? We did start to investigate that, but there's just too many things involved. You have to make sure there's nobody else in the area when they're doing a performance exam. They have to have all the proper equipment working. You'd need multiple cameras to make sure that there was no coaching going on. We just feel like there's just too many different hurdles with trying to do a performance exam remotely. Now, some of our exam onlys are set up with Prometric. Not all of our programs. So that'd be a written exam. Yeah, some of those are set up with Prometric. A ACI's uh, certification department, John Nehazel, who's the managing director, and Mark Campo, who's the director, have been investigating this and, and did talk with other companies that offer these kinds of services. But at this time, they just decided it wasn't worth the effort and that they felt we're getting closer and closer to going back to being able to do larger groups. I do know some of the chapters are doing larger groups now, you know, 20 people, 25 people. They have the facilities 
in the space to be able to do that. So, yeah, no, I think you answered my question because it is not something that if you are in a situation where you're going to have people coming in and out all the time to a resource center, it's not something you can take lightly right. uh, because you do not want to be the source of a super spreader event or a super spreader center. Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, it's all it, it all makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I appreciate how you guys are being cautious moving forward with this. Yeah, and we're we're very excited about getting this going. When we open up in the spring, we do have tentatively have seventy events scheduled at this resource center in Southern Cal. Now that includes you know certification programs, but also educational seminars. We're planning for later in the fall uh, a week. We're calling it Slabs Week, Concrete Slabs mm -hmm. Week, um, where we're going to have seminar topics for three days on you know, concrete, construction of concrete slabs on ground, design of slabs, troubleshooting slabs. So I have like three days of that. And then the last two days, we're going to do certification for flatwork finisher, decorative concrete finisher, and then commercial industrial. So we're, you know, so that's gonna be a week long, you know, it's kind of like shark week, it's going to be slab <laughs> week, you know, so we're, you know, we're excited about that and hoping that we, we did that set that for the fall with the hope that you know, we'll, we'll be able to do that and have an event where we can have 30 or 40 people at time. So, yeah, that sounds really good. Now, now, I think we've covered a lot of different topics today. And I appreciate your time. How can our listeners find out more about the opening of the Resource Center this spring and any other information about how to get involved with ACI? Sure. You can go to our uh, ACI's website, which is www.concrete.org. And there's a there's a tab at the top for certification. And if you went there, you'd be able to find our resource center tab. We'll be posting all of our events in our events calendar. It'll show events for probably you'll be able to see stuff from May on. We'll also be uh, announcing it in our smart brief, which goes out daily. Um, and it'll be probably on our on our web page right on the front page there initially, too. And I'll let you know as soon as I know when we open and I'll send you an email as well. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. And if anybody had any follow-up questions for you based on our conversation today, how could they get in touch with you? Sure. My email address is michael.morrison at concrete.org. And uh, just send me an email and I'll get back to you within a day. No problem on that at all. I'm kind of busy right now at the resource center getting it ready to go. We're at the you know, final little steps. And in fact, right now we're uh, making a lot of training videos taking advantage of this downtime. So we're making a lot of training videos that'll be on ACI University. So um, yeah, be glad to entertain any questions and, and help anybody I can. That sounds really good. Thank you for your time. Again, this was uh, Michael Morrison from ACI today with us on Ashto Resource Q&A. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resources' Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org.